Welcome to Expedition U and thanks for tuning in. We all live in a fast-paced and hectic world that is challenging to even the highest functioning individuals and businesses. Expedition U focuses on the personal accounts and stories of those individuals who have been able to cut through the noise, create laser focus on their dreams, and help others to do so as well along the way. So sit back, relax, open your mind to the limitless possibilities of the journey ahead. Hey everybody and welcome back to Expedition U. Jason Franklin here again with producer Jack over here in the corner. You can't see him but uh, doing his deal as he always does. Uh, we are here today with our uh, friend, mentor and realtor extraordinaire, uh, Kevin Kaufman. Kevin, how you doing, man? Good, man. Uh, happy to be here, Jason. Thank you. Awesome. So uh, as you guys know here, what really, Kevin, what we like to do here at Expedition U is we deal specifically with interviewing and uh, really just having, uh, you know, deep conversations with uh, entrepreneurs who have, you know, everybody's got a backstory, everybody's got a place they came from, a time that they were amazing, a time that they sucked, uh, you know, the, the kind of the ways that they've grown and people that have fed into them along the way, kind of that one person where if you, if you kind of look back and you go, man, without that guy, without that relationship, or whether it's a mom, a dad, a mentor, a business partner, I wouldn't be here. And then what we really like to go beyond that is kind of, you know, what's your trajectory, where are you going and who are you bringing along with you? Uh, you know, what we kind of talk about is uh, there's an old, uh, old statement of, you know, if I have seen further than those before me, it's because I stand on the shoulders of giants. I mean, right. you're familiar with that one, Absolutely. you know, and so that's really what we, I think it was Isaac Newton that said that actually, but, uh, and that's really what we like to focus on because, you know, the world today is so much about the me business, right? And I know you specifically, you're in the we business, right? Yep. And so kind of just give us kind of a background. I mean, I know you run the, uh, what is that, 4610 uh, group there in Phoenix? Yeah, uh, Phoenix area. We're technically, I'm sitting in Tempe, Arizona. Um, but yeah, greater greater Phoenix area, group 4610 is the name of our real estate sales team. My, when I say we or are, I'm referring to you my business partner, Fred Weaver. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you, let me ask you this. How far, how far back do you want me to go on that? That this could take up a minute, minute or two. So you gotta be <laughs> careful when, when you give me an open mic like that, Jason. So, okay, let's get a little more specific. So first of all, how long you've been in real estate? What brought you to real estate? Perfect. Okay, cool. So I got licensed and it was the end of May, beginning of June, 2007. Uh, so or we're okay. sitting on uh, four, is that 14 years now? something like that 15 I don't know it's been a minute it's been it's been a while so June of 2007 and in as you can imagine in the Phoenix market things were not good literally had friends I was gonna say that was a hell of a time to come in <laughs> yeah well I mean my third transaction ever was a short sale so I mean if that tells you anything about my like intro that speaks introduction volumes. to the industry right third deal ever was a short sale so I got licensed in 07 um which you know laughing about it because it Everyone was like, oh man, it's such a horrible time to get started. I, it was a great time to get started. I loved it. Uh, and even, especially now, knowing what I know now, uh, even better. I'm so glad I started then. Um, I, like, I'm really glad uh, and thankful that I started then and learned in that market. Prior, prior to getting into real estate, I had, um, you know, I, I was kind of trying to figure out what the heck I wanted to be when I grew up. You know, I was the guy that, uh, I always was really lucky. I had jobs that I was underqualified for, always overpaid for for my qualification level, but somehow managed to 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 make it work. But there was a point when I realized, like, hey, I'm not cut out to to really have a job. I'm not a good employee. 
And I had this realization of like, I'm going to have to learn how to be my own boss one day. And so I just started going back to school. I, I had tried college like twice before and it just wasn't really my thing. And so I decided to go back and I was working full time and I was going to school full time at a community college. And I was so fortunate. I met this, I met this man, um, Professor Goodner, who made, he just kind of, uh, he made an impact, man. He made a huge impact. He, one day we came into class and he said, Hey, we're today. We're not going to talk about, I don't know, whatever was on the syllabus. Right. I think the class was on like business plans or something. And he said, we're going to talk about real estate and money. And for the next 45 minutes, he kind of taught like a rich dad, poor dad lesson. And it blew my mind. So you got your tuition, you got your tuitions worth out of that conversation. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I, um, I, I asked him, you know, could I get, you know, could I buy him some coffee or breakfast or lunch or something? And he luckily he spent some time with me and um, made an impression. I ended up taking every, whatever class he taught for the next, I don't know, two or three semesters. Um, he basically taught to sort of give back. He, he made his full-time living through, through his investments. And um, I knew that I wanted to like learn as much from him as I possibly could. One of the things that he taught me was like, Hey, you don't, you don't just like wake up and become an investor. Like you, he was luckily he was like, you're going to need a job. Like you're going to be working for at least five more years. So, uh, but in my mind, I thought, why not just work in real estate? That was literally why I got a real estate license. Uh, Cause I thought, Oh yeah, I'll just get a job in the thing I want to do anyways, which is real estate. So that's kind of what set me on my path to eventually, you know, a couple of years after meeting professor Goodner decided to get licensed and just go for it. Cause I realized like I had to, Eventually, I had to kind of jump off and, and make it happen. So um, a lot of things changed along the way. And I realized I, I enjoyed the business of real estate. But nonetheless, I got into real estate sales thinking, I'll do this because I need a job until I can make enough money for my investments. Um, and that was really the, the thing that set me off. And it just happened to be timing wise, 2007, right? When things were falling apart. And, uh, you know, the rest is history, as they say. So, you know, a couple of interesting things there, you know, I mentioned at the beginning, you know, about the me business versus the we business. But the funny thing is, is, and, and tell me if, if you, if you feel the same way is I find a growing number of people that are successful entrepreneurs, that even though they're in the we business, they're great team leads, but they're terrible team players. Right. And, and that's not a negative thing. But it's like, I'm never going to be a good follower. Right. Which is why I was a bad employee. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, I can lead the charge. I don't mind taking the first round of fire. You know, I don't mind being in the front in the most dangerous position, but I just I have a really hard time following behind the next guy and saying, what am I supposed to do? You know, I mean, it, that's no, tough in this business. Yeah, I think that's dead on. Some people are are, you know, cut out for certain things or maybe their behavior just sort of leads, uh, you know, lends itself to certain roles, uh, which is OK. Uh, and totally great. And some people not, you know, not so much kind of more of, like you said, like they can, they can lead, but they're probably not a great follower or teammate, if you will. I was thinking of like what one of my mentors earlier in my career, he used a lot of sports analogies, kind of like, you know, the difference in, in, in being the best, you know, like some people are great, amazing coaches. Other people can be like great players. Right. So like Michael Jordan, probably would not have made a great coach this is my, my yeah, hunt. Right? He's a doer. Right. And so there, so there's a big difference. It's not, and obviously that's not taking anything away from Michael Jordan, but I realized early on, I wanted to be the coach, not the star. And so, and there's a, you know, I think there's a lot that probably could be unpacked there. 
Well, yeah, I mean, you basically you, you kind of get into the people building business, you yeah. know, and it's it's the it's the selfish, unselfish uh, version of, you know, I don't need to outsell everybody on my team. Right. You know, I want to see them come in. You know, um, it, this is not a very popular statement, but we deal with what a lot of what we call FNGs, you know, new guys. You know, yeah. I want them to come in, you know, broke hungry and just willing to learn and you know when you see those people go from you know driving a jalopy you know afraid they have to park around the corner to the listing appointment because they don't want their car out front of the house when they go into a listing appointment and fast forward 18 months they're making one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year i mean that's that's so satisfying you know just to just to see their progression you know and i just want to be a part of that progression for them which i know that you know let's give you a minute here uh, so so brag take i want you to take two minutes and talk about your team your sales volume you know what you're doing i know you're doing huge things at exp realty so i mean take a couple minutes and just throw out some numbers for everybody that get inspired yeah so uh you know like like i mentioned so my business partner fred and i so we've worked together now since february of of 08 um so 14 years and we we you know, we've had our ups and downs. There's no doubt about it. And it, for, it was kind of like any, anybody else, like at first it was just straight up. And then we've had our, we've had our downfalls. We've sold as many as 550 homes in a year. Uh, the reality is, is wow. we sell on average a couple hundred homes a year, uh, hundred to 125 million in volume used to be that used to sound like a lot. It sounds like almost nothing these days compared to some of the numbers I see being put up. Um, what I'm more proud about though, is I don't, I don't spend a lot of time in that business. Um, and I, I don't say that from a, like a bragging standpoint, or I don't like to be with the people in that business. I, I mean, because it's a business, it doesn't take me and or Fred working 40 hours each to make that thing run. So, you know, we'll sell, like I said, a couple hundred homes this year, I'll work about an hour a week, you know, total in that business. And Fred will probably work three to five hours a week total in that business. And uh, I'm making you look bad. Yeah, he does, but that's okay. I, I spend some time <laughs> other places, right? Um, and 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 so we do okay. It's not it's not amazing, but it's really it's amazing. Well, for no, us. but I mean, but the reality is though, when you look at the standard metrics of what a team lead does, I mean, you know, the average team's not doing two hundred deals a year. You know, the average team's doing fifty, probably. You know, and then to be able to have that well-oiled machine that's doing that with you putting in, you know, a couple hours a week. I mean, that is that is something to be proud of. I mean, that's that's a huge accomplishment, especially in this business that's got so many moving pieces. I mean, nothing I mean, not that all businesses don't, but real estate specifically. I mean, you've got market changes, you've got buyers and sellers and, you know, I mean, just there's. 25 different touch points in every transaction multiplied times 200 multiplied times buyers and sellers by industry changes and everything else. So, I mean, to have created that is, is huge, but I know you're putting in a lot of hours a week working. So if you're not doing it, um, you know, managing that, what are you spending your time on? Well, you know, you were, you referenced part of it, right? Sort of my main focus these days is our EXP bit, what I call our EXP business, right? Um, and so, mm -hmm. I, and I look really, I look at that as like a network, or you could look at it as like an independent brokerage in a way from us. I know it's not an independent brokerage. It is definitely more of a network and a com I, really it's a community to me. And that's the thing that has always, uh, fired me up and gotten me excited throughout my career is communities. And so I spent a lot of my time with folks like you, right? We're in, we're in the same 
real estate, EXP real estate community. And uh, so that is where the lion's share of my time goes, whether that's creating content, meeting with the agents, um, doing some mentoring with some of the agents and or out prospecting to build that business. And, and, you know, obviously I spent a good portion of my time doing that uh, on the EXP side. And then I've got a few other things like podcast and um, a few other things business-wise that Fred and I have our hands in that don't take a lot of time, but they take a little, little bit of time. Uh, and then sure. more importantly, man, I, I've used this, um, I've used my last, what, I guess, 15 years or whatever in the industry as a way to create a life to where I can, you know, I, I try to, my day is designed around my life and, and what, what is more important to me, which is my kids uh, and sure. taking care of myself and family. So the truth is I don't, if I, if I, if I, if the me from like 2010 was talking to the me from today, he'd be disgusted. Um, you know, it used to be like Fred and I would race to get to the office. See, like, and if you got there after seven, basically you're going to be made fun of. Whereas now there's, there's plenty of days that I'm getting before 10, right? Because I'm taking the kids to school. I'm then spending some time at home, like working out, hanging out in the sauna or cold plunge, or just doing something kind of take care of my mind and, and self. And, um, so I don't want to say I'm not in growth mode. I am, but it's very controlled growth mode and I'm only willing to do it within certain constraints. Well, you know, but that's, that's huge though, because the thing is, is, is in the entrepreneurial lifestyle and even in real estate from the word go, like you jump in and you have to be all things to all people at all times, you know, and obviously the ultimate goal is to be wanted, but not needed yeah. in your business. Right. Yeah. Right? You- I mean, that's, that's so true that it, that is so true to be wanted, but not needed. And I mean, even when I was doing the the doing, if you will, going on the appointments, being the listing agent um, and spending all the time, even, you know, as I progressed through with, with the agents on the team, um, I have always subscribed to the, to the concept of there's no such thing as an emergency in real estate. There just, there just isn't, I don't work 24 seven. I never have, um, you know, I didn't work weekends from the get-go. I, I've worked very few weekends in my career because I've chosen not to. And, um, that's, you know, that's, that's just the choice I've made and for good or bad. It's, it's, it's the, it's kind of like the, it's the boundaries I've chosen to kind of play, to play in between, I guess, you know, and I feel like there's parts where I've probably, I don't want to say hurt myself. That's probably not a good use of the, you know, probably not the best description, but I would say I probably could have gone further faster had I worked more you know, during being willing to travel a little bit more or work a little bit longer hours. But the reality is, is, and once my first daughter was born, I was basically unwilling to not be home for dinner and, and to not be home on the weekends and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, I've had a very controlled schedule for. Well, uh, but I think a lot of that comes, you know, you could look at the negatives of that, right? I mean, you could look at, you know, I had somebody, so my kids are all gone, right? I got a 22, 24 and a 25 year old. So our house is empty. We got 4,600 square feet and it's me and my wife, right? I mean, by the way, it's glorious. It's quiet every night. It's, it's amazing. But that being said, I had somebody ask me recently that said, Jason, how do you, how do you manage work-life balance? And I was like, (laughs) there is no balance. I, I work and then I go home. That I mean, that's that's the balance, right? But you're in a different position. But the thing is, is what you're doing, even though I mean, 99% of agents, when you say I don't work weekends, kind of just like their eyes bug out. They go, "What do you do? How do you not work weekends?" But the discipline of having set that up in the very beginning, 
discipline is discipline, regardless of where you're putting it in place, right? And so even though you had those disciplines that may be outside the normal construct of what people expect, the ability to set those disciplines has benefited you as well. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, to me, it's really not. I mean, it's it's a it's an expectation, you know, discipline, expectation, whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's, I just made a decision, right. And, and then I stuck to it. And the thing I believed, and maybe it's because it was kind of maybe pounded in my head was that I could do that as long as I took care of what I needed to take care of during the hours at work. Right. So meaning sure. I can choose to say, Hey, I'm not working Saturday. Or I'm not working Sunday, or I'm not working Saturday or Sunday. And as long as I set that up with my clients as an expectation from the get-go, then I'm allowed to do that. And no one thinks differently. However, if I don't set the expectation and then I also don't work when I'm working, I'm screwed, right? So if someone says, hey, I'm not going to, I don't want to hire you because you don't work Sundays as an example. Mm -hmm. okay. I'm totally good with that. Would you like me to refer you out, right? I, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of losing the, any one deal. No one deal is more important than my mental health, the time I get with my family, et cetera. But it's really hard to wrap your mind around that when you don't know when your next deal is coming or where it's coming from. So sure. do that. But you and I, but anybody who's been in real estate for any, any period of time that has had any sort of sustained success knows that the income in real estate is actually very predictable. And it's predictable based on the things that you do day in and day out. The hard part is we think it's not predictable because the outcome doesn't show up for 90 or 180 days. So it's mm -hmm. a, one, of, one of my friends and kind of mentors in the industry, Russell Shaw told me, he's like, the great thing about real estate is um, when you do something today, you know, it doesn't matter. So if you screw around today, like it's not going to impact your paycheck next month. The the bad thing about real estate is if you screw around today, it's not going to impact your paycheck for a couple of months, right? So it's like the good mm -hmm. and the bad. And so I know that if you just spend your time, if you're just consistent with your activities and what you do, you'll have enough. Like there's enough people that are willing to work with you within business hours. Now, if you're an agent who's like only working with buyers because it's the very part of your beginning of your business and you haven't learned to take listings yet, I'm not saying you're not going to need to work some weekend hours, but you can still take two days off a week. I can promise you that. It's really just sure. about- Two things, setting expectations with the clients so that way they know what is what's what is expected and what it's like to work with you. And then number two, busting your ass to go get as much business as you can for the hours that you are willing to work. And if you do those two things, you, know, you can funny. work whenever you want. Well, that's it's funny you say that because you know it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke, but it's really not a joke because people go, you know, they come in and I have two things. I always tell them, you know, if you want to do what I do, you got to do what I do, right? Yep. You know, and so there's that. But then I also tell people, I'm very honest about the fact I make a, I make a very healthy income and I work really, really hard 30 hours a week. Yes. You know, I mean, it's, it's a tough 30 hours, but it's still 30 hours. You know, you're making $18 an hour, 60 hours a week. And, you know, I'm making much better money 30 hours a week, but it's a, it's a rough 30 hours. Yeah. You know, the, the thing about it is, is, um, it's not, there's no, like, there's no prize for most hours worked. There's no, you know, they don't it's automatically, yeah, like they don't pay you 4%. I don't know if we should say percents, but they don't, like, you don't get a bonus as a selling agent or, or a buyer's, like a listing agent or, or a selling agent because you worked more hours on the deal. Like there, there is no bonus for that. 
This is a sure. game about make, you know, one of my good friends and mentors, Ben Kenny has always told me, he's like, you really have to pay attention to your personal per hour income. Meaning when you're working, like it's gotta, it's gotta be at a certain level. Like you can't be doing things that aren't, that aren't going to produce the income that you need to make per hour. Like for it to be, you know, as my brother would always teach me when I was, you know, growing up is like, the juice has got to be worth, you know, it's got to be worth the squeeze. Squeeze. Absolutely. So, you know, it's kind of like that. Yeah. People find like, it's like virtuous for, for whatever reason. To, and it's like, it's like the addiction that is um, not just okay, but it's like uh, celebrated, which is workaholism. Right. So it, for some reason that that's the thing. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. That just never made a lot of sense to me. I think it's because I, I've, I've joked about myself saying this recently and it's, you know, there's a lot of truth in it, but it's, it is, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, which is, I'm not sure if I am lazy, but ambitious, or if I'm ambitious, but lazy, it's definitely one of those two things. Right. Um, I'm writing that down. Like, <laughs> I, but the reality is, is like, I've been around a lot of guys specifically, specifically men who um, were, you know, further down the road than me, I'll call it 50s, 60s, 70s to varying degrees of success, but really high. And, um, you know, the vast majority of them were that I've met and I've spent, and this is across all industries, by the way, um, mm -hmm. not, this is not a real estate thing, although I know it's prevalent in real estate, the vast majority of them who have like gotten to a point financially where they're like, not just well off, but like really well off. They're all, I don't want to say all, the majority of them are trying to get their time back with their kids and their families and the people, you know, they're on a second or third marriage, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Like sometimes it doesn't work out. And sometimes the reason it didn't work out is because you were so involved in your work and not didn't pay attention to your family. Right. And so they've got kids that won't talk to them and all that stuff. Like I, I'm not blaming any of them. And I've just seen this big pool of very successful people, like large pool, hundreds, that that was that was the common theme of like they're all trying to get back into relationship with their kids or their spouse or their third spouse or you know whatever and i was like dude i'm not having i'm not like i'm not i'm not saying i won't have problems and i don't have problems i do everybody does and i'm not letting work be the thing that ever creates that problem for me like it's just not that's not on the table for me well it's funny that you, you're talking about that because I've, I've played both sides of that coin. I've been an entrepreneur since 2002, came into real estate in 2014, and specifically came into real estate because I wasn't present. And I knew that, I mean, I was 40 years old. I didn't buy a, I didn't buy a sports car. I sold my house, sold my business, and went into real estate at 40 years old. You know, I mean, so that was that was my shift. And I did it specifically because my daughter was going into high school. I had to an intermediate school and I had been gone working for 11, 12, 13 years, you know, and I realized I had a finite amount of time for them to have memories of me being present. Yeah. You know, and, and real estate has done that. Oh, and by the way, I three X my income. It's, that, was, that was cool, too. <laughs> well, that's the thing is when you get really clear about what actually matters during work time, right? you realize what levers actually matter and you can just, you can just pull those. You can just pull the levers mm -hmm. that matter the most and watch your income go up while your hours go back. Absolutely. So you talked about your EXP business. So when did you guys make the shift over to EXP? What made you do that and what makes you stay? So we made the shift in, uh, we made the move over 
in July, excuse me, June of 2018. So just over four years ago now, um, we, we had made, there was two decisions really. We were leaving Keller Williams, which was the only place I had known, um, for spent my first 11 years there. And then we had to find a home and it took about a year. Truthfully, we hadn't even considered EXP until about a month before we made the move. So, oh, wow. We made the move to EXP because it, once we were open minded enough, it just made the most sense. What I mean by that is we knew about EXP, we knew people at EXP. We just were unwilling to look at it prior to then. We had these preconceived notions around what it was and who the agents were that were there. And um, so we finally looked at it May of 2018 and we moved June of 2018, right? Um, so four plus years later, you know, the thing that keeps me here is it's what I mentioned earlier, like it's the community, you know, people will talk about what gets the headlines of stock and rev share, right? And sure. those things are great. Rev share is amazing, life-changing even, so is the stock for that matter. And what people don't realize is not everybody participates in revenue share. Like they don't actually actively go out and try to grow the company like I do, but everybody in the company benefits because of rev share. It's, it's because of rev share that people are so willing to be so open because because it puts our businesses in alignment with each other. So when your business grows, my business grows. And because of that, like I, it just creates this community and this camaraderie that can't be matched by anything else I've ever seen. And at the end of the day, so it comes down to the people is I guess is what I'm saying. You know, it's funny because, you know, I started off at Remax and I went, I started at Remax specifically because when I came out and did the whole broker interview and everybody said, don't go to Remax, that's where all the sharks are. You know, you need to have experience before you go to Remax because you're going to be flying alone. And I was like, well, if everybody says I shouldn't go there, that's where I'm going. You know, so I went to Remax and bought the, at the, brokerage I was at, you had to buy your split and I had to buy an office. I literally, um, they were touring the office with me. And I mean, I'm broke at this point, you know, cause I'm saving all my money to feed my wife and kids while I create this new business. And, uh, I ended up renting the broom closet for an office. Oh man. Cause I could get it for like a hundred bucks a month. Like they literally moved all the mop buckets and stuff out. And I slammed a desk in there. I mean, you had to like squeeze between the desk and the wall to sit down. And I sold $12 million in that office. You know, I mean, but the thing is, is that there was no community, right? And so then I went to Coldwell because they wrote me a check, right? You know, that, that was how they recruited. They were like, hey, come here for three years and we'll give you this money. And I was like, well, it's the same thing I'm doing here. So sure, you know, but then that's the, um, that's the guy that's got one year left on his contract and he's going to retire and he gets a huge signing bonus to go to this team. There's no loyalty. He just, he owes them 300 at-bats. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's all that that is. Yeah. And so EXP, you know, and the funny thing is, is, and I won't mention names, but the last brokerage I was at, I told him, I was like, listen, I'm going to grow a team. You know, I want to get a separate office. I want to stay with you guys, but I want to have my own office and, and grow it internally and build this big team. And they, they spent hours and weeks ignoring me and saying, you can't do that. And I was like, why, why would you tell me not to grow? And so then I finally told him, I was like, hey, I'm going to EXP. Well, then they flew in the corporate vice president, the regional manager. I flew in all these people and sat down. They're like, we'll do this. We'll open your office. We'll, we'll give you this much money and we'll do all this thing. And I was like, you already told me what your value of me is, yeah. right? And I can take this money from you. And in six months, 
you're going to think the same of me that you did a month ago before I said I was leaving. Yep. You know, and that was when we came to EXP and because, you know, and honestly, uh, our, our mutual friend, great friend, Jimmy Franklin and Andrew Franklin, when I was, cause I had looked at, uh, I think next home, I had looked at EXP and I'm, I'm just still borderline pissed at myself. Cause I looked at EXP three years earlier and didn't go. And, you know, I went and had that other bad relationship. Right. <laughs> it's but, so um, funny. I, I say all of us have the same, cause I talk to people all the time that aren't here yet. And, um, everybody, everybody joined at the same time, which is not soon enough. We all joined at the same day, <laughs> not soon enough. It doesn't matter when you join, everyone wishes they joined sooner. Me too. And, uh, I'm so thankful I'm here and I'd rejoin again today. So, yeah. When I went to EXP, though, I was like, I'm going to go find the biggest, baddest mother effer in town that's already EXP, and that's who I'm going to go under. Because I had had other agents try to recruit me, and I was like, dude, I'm not I'm not about that. You know, whatever. You guys go do your thing. You know, I'm here to sell stuff, right? You know, we've all had that conversation a thousand times. Absolutely. And so I went and sat down with Jimmy and Andrew, and I took my wife with me because she does all of the money. I just, I just sell shit. Excuse my language. That's all I do, right? And if it's money, she could have a, a bank account in Puerto Rico and I wouldn't know about it because I haven't paid a bill in 12 years. You know, she she handles everything. And I took her with me. I was like, hey, you need to come, you know, listen to this conversation. And we walked out and she's like, Jason, I just did the math. If you had sold the exact same thing, she goes with no rev share, no stock, no nothing. If you had sold the exact same production at EXP last year that, that you did at this other brokerage, you would have made $25,000 more sign up ball game over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, done. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's funny though. Like, I think that just goes to prove. Um, I think that EXP has the best model on the planet and it's not, it's just not about that. That's not why agents make the move. Um, people, very few people are actually strictly numbers driven. They, they psychologically people can't just see numbers and so sure. because because of that it's it's i mean it, it's the people right it, it it is the people and it's the the tribe if you will and the fact that there are such great people that's what's helped us to grow because the model's been the model for a long time if it was all about the mm -hmm. model the company would already be a couple hundred thousand agents but it's not yet um and sure. so it's really about because you could just do math right? Math is one plus one always equals two. And so we could look at how, when you start factoring in rest share and stock on top of that, like it's kind of a, I mean, it's literally a no brainer if you're just looking at numbers. You know, the funny thing is without getting too specific, I accidentally made 80 grand my first year at EXP on stock. I mean, that was kind of cool. I didn't yeah. mind that. That was nice. Cause I mean, it's not terrible. <laughs> that didn't suck. Right. <laughs> so and, and if you don't want to talk specifics, feel free to tell me to shut up, but you, you kind of glazed over building your tribe and building your community oh, yeah. and, you know, the, the, we of your business, and you've only been here four years. So how deep is your, is your tribe at EXP? Uh, so assuming you're talking about like, how big is our revenue share group? It's, uh, sure. uh 1,924 people, uh, I think this morning when I, when I last checked and, uh, and growing about the population of a, of a five, a high school. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so, which is, you know, it's, and it's amazing. Right. So it, and it keeps growing whether I do something or not, though, I keep, I keep doing things to help it grow faster. So it's a, as I sure. mentioned earlier, that's a big portion of my working activities go towards 
making that grow, make, making that grow faster. So um, it's, it's awesome. I love it. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure how far, like, you know, what specific details you want to go into on that. I'm happy to share. I'm, I'm an open book, so I'm happy to share, but 1924 people, I think um, 41 direct to me, what we call FLAs and like mm-hmm. I want to say 32 of those are FLQAs. A couple of those are uh, like husband and wife team. So three, three or four of them can't be an FLQA to me. Uh, and then, you know, a few, few other people. So yeah, 32 FLQAs just logged in and 41 FLAs. Meaning so, you know, the frontline agents, so 41 people have named me as their sponsor and that those 41 have turned into 1924 people total in my, what I'd call seven levels or my rep share group. That's like that, that whole compound interest thing, right? I mean, the funny thing is, is when you, when you look at God, dude, I'm not going to go talk to 1900 people. Holy crap. You know, I got bills to pay. I can't do that. I mean, but when you start looking at the metrics of how that works and the fact of, you know, I literally in the conversation that I had with Jimmy Franklin, when I came on, I was like, bro, listen, love it. I'm in, I'm not a recruiter, right? That's, that's not my thing, you know, but by happy accident, we've got 17 agents on our team. We've got a bunch of other people that have come in and it's, it really took a, a mental shift for me because I had never been at a brokerage or in an office where I really cared about sharing it. Right. Because I mean, it was, it was business. I was at Remax or I was at Coldwell or I was at other places. And it was like, this is where I hang my shingle. Right. This is, this is the, the broker. I need, I need somebody up there so that I can go do what I do. You know, but the thing is, is for me, the paradigm shift was it's really not about recruiting. It's about sharing. It's not at all. In fact, what I've found, um, um, not to say that this, is, that this isn't without exception, it is, but mostly what I found is great recruiters don't actually do that very well at eXp. And, and the reason why is this is not your prototypical recruiting game. Um, this is more about operating a business, um, operating a community and helping people become part of a tribe or, you know, a community. And so recruiters, um, not to say that there aren't some that have done well at eXp and done well, we could, you know, to varying degrees, you can, you can, you know, define that however you want. But I've seen a lot of really good recruiters, people that I saw at other companies who recruit well in the traditional real estate brokerage model, just basically flail and flounder and just get up, basically pack their bags and leave. Because this is different. This is not the um, traditional real estate brokerage model where uh, an office manager recruits to a single location. This just just isn't it. And so what I found is that it's actually when people say, I'm not a great recruiter, I say, that's good. You have that going for you. That means you have a chance to grow something. Well, you know, a perfect example is, you know, um, I think it was what, two weeks ago, I met you out in uh, San Diego. You know, and it was really cool for me. You know, our team's decent. I mean, you know, my standards being my standards, I'm never, I'm always happy, never satisfied, right? Uh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, you know, we'll do uh, 
50 million this year, a couple hundred transactions. And we're, you know, we're going to blow up past that. We're, I mean, we're going to continue to grow last year. We did 30 million. We'll do 50 million this year. We'll do 75 million next year, you know, and we're, and we're, we're in growth mode. Um, you know, but the thing is, is to, to go and be able, you talk about community and to sit down in that room and, you know, I'm in the room with a guy that's doing 600 million. I'm in the room with somebody that's doing 250 million. You know, you're like, oh, we do a couple hundred a year and I spend, you know, three hours a month on it. I mean, so to get in that community though, and be, just like be a student, right? Because yeah. we spend so much time being a teacher that to be able to walk in and be the freshman, not the senior is, is so, so important in our business. Yeah. You know, people don't, I feel like people don't put themselves in those positions enough purposefully. Right. And that's, um, Again, that's why this works for me so well is I very purposely want to be in that position. I want to be in that room, uh, and which is why I'm constantly trying to create that room because it's the room I want to be in. And so, I, I, you know, it's just so valuable. I know that my business is growing. When I've gotten in bigger thinking rooms, gotten around people doing more and different for me, that's when my business tends to grow the most and which is why it's so valuable. Absolutely. So I know you're, uh, I know you got a lot of things going on, but I want to finish up with uh, where, where are you guys headed? Where are you and Fred headed? What's your, what's your unachievable goal? You know, I don't know. We have a defined unachievable goal right now. We have been going through this thing last year. It's kind of like my, I like to call my whiplash from, from KW is like really shied away from a lot of goals recently and just been like more of my goals are like really long-term in the future to where all I can really do is like the, the activities today and next month and next week that will continue to bring me towards them. Right. Uh, you know, so that way I stay on the right path. I think at the end of the day, where, where we're going though, if I just sum it up is I want to grow this group, you know, this, when I say this group, I, I mean, our EXP group to tens of thousands. Um, we'll, I want to continue to operate and run and own a real estate sales team and, in. in Tempe. And I got to be honest, I don't care if we sell 150 houses a year or 500 houses a year. Um, I just want to, to let it operate. Cause that's been the thing that also is kind of like the hub of all the other things that we have going on, whether it's investing or uh, spinoff companies, things like that, that's always kind of at the hub uh, and relationships, things like that. So I've really figured out in the last couple of years, I know that uh, I like to be in the relationship business primarily with real estate agents. That's just where my heart is and uh, what I enjoy doing. And I, I know that I'll always have a business businesses uh, kind of in that realm. And so continuing to sell real estate and keep people employed who we have employed and grow that and continuing from, uh, you know, on the rev share side of things to continuing to grow that because that is, you know, at this point it's become, a, uh, you know, the priority uh, business wise. Well, I know that right now, like uh, I know that uh, EXP just had their earnings call, what, uh, on the 3rd of August, I think uh, they're projecting, like, I think right now we're like, what, 83,000 agents and they'll be, we'll break 100 by the end of the year and 200 by two, uh, what, 2025? Is that Something what, is like that, that, right? Yeah, I, I don't Something know. The, like that. I don't know the exact predictions on that right now, but yeah, we're, yeah. I mean, we're growing like it's such a, man, it's such a rocket ship. It is, you know, the thing, and, and I'll say this and I'll let you go. The thing that I took away from when I very first looked at EXP, and I don't remember if I came up with this on my own or if somebody told me this, but real estate is trying to learn technology, whereas EXP is a technology company that sells real estate. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's you probably know, pretty accurate. I think you're probably pretty, you know, I mean, it's so, it's so far ahead of the curve that, I mean, you just, it's like, Hey, just come on board and let's do what we do. Keep doing what you do. We're just going to help you do it better, faster with less expense and let's go kill it. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny. They've got such a huge lead and advantage in that standpoint uh, as, as anything that's successful, you know, there's been a few copycat companies pop up and um, they don't, they literally don't realize how against, against it they are like exp has got such an unfair advantage at this point um, that, you know, it's not to say that we're invincible and yet the, the writing is on the wall. It's a matter of as long as everybody does what they got to do. I mean, I can't imagine we're not going to be the number one company, real estate company on the planet within a few years, you know, both sure. agent wise, transaction wise, et cetera, because, because of those things. Well, even just the information that came out at the most recent uh, Inman Connect, I mean, they had a bunch of charts and stuff up there showing it. I mean, that's completely non-biased third party. They will praise you one day and rake you over the coals the next. I mean, when you look at the charts in comparison, I mean, EXP was just off the charts in comparison yeah. to, you know, the standard brokerages, uh, you know, Realogy and Remax and all that other stuff. So, well, hey, Kevin, I really want to appreciate you taking your time to uh, speak with us today. Uh, you know, uh, as a fellow team lead and agent, I look up to you and Fred, uh, you know, as well as the many, many other people that we share in our same community and uh, look forward to uh, connecting with you again very soon and appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate it.